Welcome to Companion Peace, a podcast celebrating the many friends and allies of the Doctor, from Totters Lane to Sheffield, from Schwarken to the Brendan Public School. We'll be taking a deep dive into each and every companion, exploring their life, their time in the TARDIS, and, for some, their adventures with, without the Doctor. Today we'll be continuing our unplanned chronological look at the companions, and looking at Turlow and his journey from his very troubled start with the Doctor to the close friendship they eventually shared. I say our unplanned chronological look because if you go back through the ones we've released they've all been in chronological order from the beginning with each doctor we've done a first then a second then a third and we've also done rose then martha so we seem to be going chronologically without any sort of plan whatsoever but there you go (laughs) just the ones we've picked at random seem to be the under underrated ones that go with each doctor but there you go I, I think we start today, we'll do the opposite of what we normally do with the tweets, purely on the basis that they, we've got two, and they're both exactly, very, very, very similar. So we've got one from EJ Coates, at E underscore J underscore, underscore Coates. Uh, have not seen much of him on screen, but loved him in the short story Sontar's Little Helpers in the 12, 12 Doctors of Christmas. Brave, charismatic, and a good foil for the fifth Doctor, which I agree with, to be fair, but... Uh, similar to from neither the time nor the space at time nor space pod again one of the podcasts that if you haven't listened to please do listen to because they are excellent uh, from little from what little I've seen of Turlo I really love him I like the idea of a companion not necessarily in league with the doctor uh, and Mark Strickson is Mark Strickson is great from what I've seen now I've got my uh, as I, say, I told my fr- my friend Paul, hi Paul, <laughs> this morning that we were doing Turlo today, and he said, uh, "What did he say?" He, I said, "Who?" He said, "Who are you doing next?" I said, "Turlo." He said, "Brilliant! I love Turlo." And then he says, "He's a great attempt to do something different." So, thanks for that, Paul. I'll just throw that out there <laughs> while I'm sitting here, and I remembered it. I think I think that's the that's the point. Is he is quite a mm. quite a unique companion or at least the start of it is because I'm trying to think of another one where you've had not even like not necessarily in league actively trying to murder the doctor I don't think we've had we've had like Leela but that was because of her beliefs in the very first one yeah that's kind of her that's, nature yeah. of it isn't it Leela and you've the had, you've had disagreements hunter. but you've not had like outright I have to kill this person he's essentially an no. assassin in the very first one just a very incompetent one <laughs> yeah, yeah more or less I mean it's been a while since I've seen that but yeah I, I, I do remember it I just uh, that's the thing I think he's underrated because he's not as like you, th- you think of the, even the fifth doctor with his big group I think Turlow you got you got Adric who you remember for the final story and Nissa and Tegan are mm. very very popular and very very um, important and well remembered mm. Even mm. even Perry for that one or two one and a half story shit that she's with the Fifth Doctor, mm. but I think Turlow is the one that's more underrated. But and like our yeah. tweeters have said, people don't know too much about him because there's not, even though he's got so many episodes, there's not a lot mm. of um, like a lot of people who've seen them. I mean, perhaps when it, it's sort of a bit like that Sixth Doctor thing when Turlow came along, he was sort of well obviously trying to murder the doctor and everyone thought uh not sure about this mm. and it's a bit like perhaps Colin Baker as well although 
hooray for Sixie, Colin, you legend. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Anyone who's going to hate the Sixth Doctor, don't. He's awesome. But then, obviously, when we first met him, he tried to throttle Perry. So so everyone was a bit like, oh, not sure about him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, really, again, going off point in the first four minutes of our podcast, but there you go. Obviously. Um, I was reading something the other day, which in in universe, having the theory that that each Doctor is affected by what happened to the previous one. So having the fifth Doctor be not ineffectual, but like kind and actively wanting to help and not that, apart from, I think, resurrection, not that violent and still essentially everyone he meets always dies. You've got the sixth Mm. Doctor who is wanting to help, but so actively like violent and doesn't hold back. That's I think that's quite a nice like comparison. Yeah, I mean, I was still pretty horrified about what he did to sh- I, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, is it, I'd forgotten about that. Is it that one or then, is it... Ven- no, it's Vengeance. Is it Vengeance on Varos where he pushes people into an acid bath? Yeah, that's the, yeah, the acid thing. Yeah, to be fair, Two Doctors is Robert Holmes. So, so I don't know yeah, why that's surprising. It's going to be cause, horrific. Because it's, it's really not, is it? I mean, it's Robert Holmes. Oh, wow. <laughs> As I said the other week. <laughs> oh, yeah. And- yeah, no, Turlo is one of those companions who, yeah, is underrated and de- definitely deserves more love. I mean, I love Turlo. He's been, he's always been a pretty good favourite in our house, to a degree, anyway. But that's the thing he's got. He's got, like, not... When you compare it to, say, like, Jamie or Sarah Jane or stuff like that, but it's he's got a really, really good story, a really good character journey. Just going from where he started and what thing is the problem the problem i've got with his story is that you don't find out essentially anything about him until his final story like his actual background in his character you just know who he is what he's like and you get a couple of moments where they reveal a little something his last story which i haven't seen <laughs> oh i'm such a fail oh well well we can Shoot, we, we can point. talk about it like we'll try and go through it chronologically i still think hmm. for as as a, they're not weak stories at all. The Black Guardian trilogy, but they're a bit confusing, especially Mordred Undead. I think. Yeah, I I mean it. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, and I remember a few things about it. One, the Briggs in it, but the timelines are all wrong. Yeah. Two, it's Turlo's first story, and three, David Collins is in it. Yeah. Right? He's he's Mordred. Yeah, no, I was watching Sapphire and Steel the other day, so it got me thinking about him in that as well. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, not the point. Not the point yeah. at all, but anyway. Nah, that's fine. But yeah, but that's... Um... Other than that, I confess I don't... I remember it being complicated. Yeah, well, it's all the t- it's the two timelines, which isn't too complicated, but it's when... Um... There we go. It's when... You try and think about it in context of what's come before, where you've had one, I think, was it 77, because they wanted to put it in the year of the Jubilee, and then one mm. was like 88 or something along those lines. Mm. I don't know, whichever, you, I can't remember what the years are now. I've, I've got them written down, watch it, why don't I just have a look? But it does it, and then it throws into the whole unit dating arguments. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess maybe as, as Pertwee fans are used to all that anyway. Uh, okay, <laughs> I haven't written it year. down. 77, but I'm not sure what the other one is. I know it's 80-something. 
80, I don't know, one or something along those lines, 82. Um, but yeah, I, I like the story, but I think I like the story more because it's A, Turlo's introduction, and B, it's the Brigadier again, as opposed yeah, to the that, actual storyline. Is that the one where it was meant to be Ian? Yes. That's why yeah. it's set in a school. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, why yeah, he's yeah. A, suddenly yeah. a teacher for no reason, is they were going to get Ian yeah. in. Yeah. But for some reason that escapes me, they couldn't do it. I don't know why. I don't know whether William Russell wasn't available. But he I, was I've probably filming something. Somewhere. Yeah, no, it was meant to be for him. Yeah. Thing is, it would have made sense to have Ian in as the science teacher, and they, I think they just didn't. They went, oh well, the brigadier is not going to know anything about science. So let's make him a maths teacher, as opposed to like anything else that he's got that range of experience I mean, knowing yeah, about could, teaching. Could, could Barbara not have been in it instead? I mean. <laughs> Jacqueline Hill was in Megloss. Megloss, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit like why, she, was, why she would have been. Get... Yeah, she she wasn't. She hadn't died at that point, had she? So uh, she would have been free, no. surely. I mean, no offense, because I love the Brig, like Team oh, yeah. Brigadier. Oh yes. It just seems a bit but, like, odd to have him turn up as a teacher. Yeah. Because yeah. the I'm... thing is, they don't. It's not a reveal either. It's not like oh, and then the Brigadier. It's very much the Turtle crashes the car. Mm. And then the brigadier just turns up as the teacher. It's not even yeah, like building yeah. to anything. I mean, the, the brigadier, sort of how I imagine him, is much more like in Battlefield. Yeah. Like a man who's sti- who still sort of wants to get back in there, and he misses his army days, and he he kind of that, that so that's how kind of I how I imagine him as opposed to in Mordred Undead, I think. Although, yeah. it's not, I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he would have, have sort of become like a public school type of teacher. But it's a bit it's a bit random. And once you know that it's meant to be Ian, you're a bit like... Yeah, oh, it makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. But I, I do like that story. But it's the problem with the Black Guardian trilogy is not only do you have to have seen The Key to Time, which I think having heard... Which hasn't come out yet, but having heard our last one, yeah, yeah, sorry, people will be familiar with. No, 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 oh, I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, um, right. People are familiar with, but then the first one's sort of Turlow's introduction mm. and the reintroduction of the Brigadier for one story, so that kind of like the two fight each other. Mm. Terminus is Nissa's last story. Spoilers from we do a Nissa episode, and then Enlightenment is the wrap up of that arc, but it's. I think Terminus gets overshadowed now at least not at the time but now with Nissa's final story that's what you're watching it for mm. so it's it's not the best like tr- three part arc but it still works quite well of having I think we haven't even discussed why it starts with the whole Black Guardian thing of, of Turlo being an alien who's stranded on Earth for a reason you just know he's an alien you don't know where he's from you don't know why he's there but he's there and then he wants to escape. The Black Guardian turns up and says that he can let him, he can help him escape if he kills the Doctor. Mm. And if I'm right, it's the first part cliffhanger of him about to brain the Doctor with a rock. Yes, yes. Which I mean, yes. it's very reminiscent of like <laughs> Unearthly Child, but oh, it's even so. That's very true, actually. Yes. Hmm? But then that's the Doctor, isn't it, being stopped by, by Ian. Ian, which would have been interesting if we'd actually had Ian in it but anyway not the yeah. point mm-hmm. really but yeah that's yeah. very true that violent savage that is the first doctor 
The thing is, I think with Turlo, you get to see because he's he's. I think fundamentally, he's shown as if not a good person, then he's not a bad person. He's just like somewhere in the middle. He's somewhere in the grey area. If I remember, Tegan's very wary, isn't she? Then again, this is oh, yeah. Tegan, though, isn't it? And this is very much like, oh, this would be fun, and then Tegan's just like, we yeah. know nothing about this person. He yeah. just seems suspicious. Yeah, she's kind of like got that thing like Jenna in Blake 7 early on when they're in oh crap I think it's Time Squad it's the first episode yeah. we meet Callie or the second one and because Callie's a telepath she gets taken over quite a lot and Jenna's very much like bitch bitch <laughs> just to, to start with it's a bit like that kind of thing that hostility that's the thing I think with you you get that for at least the, the, the trilogy you get Tegan and Turlo at each other's throats. Like once Mordred Undead's finished, and you've got you've had the whole um, is this person who is very obviously not the Doctor. The Doctor Nissa fully goes for it. Everyone else is a bit like obviously not. Um, Turlo comes aboard, and it's the ending of that one. Turlo says, "Oh, can I come with you?" And the Doctor's you can see the Doctor's a bit suspicious, but he's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll bring you with me." And then you've got. Like, Nissa's a little bit concerned and Tegan's full on just glaring at him going, what are you doing? But it's just, I think, for that trilogy, Turlow is the, he's the instigator of a lot of it. He, I mean, he's the, he's, he messes up a lot in Morgan Undead. Then Terminus, he's the reason that they crash into Terminus because he, like, rips the TARDIS to pieces. Ah, and but again, doesn't do it. He's very often you just get the scene of the Black Guardian turning up, going, "Kill the Doctor, you idiot!" And he's like, "Well, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying." And he just he does nothing. Well, not very hard. He just stands there in, ineffectually, going, oh, "I can't do it." <sighs> but I mean, it's it's you you get the growth from it. He's not necessarily a coward, but he he doesn't want to do this thing, which is very obviously the wrong thing to do. I just what's the one. That I swear he's in with the giant cockroaches. Frontios. Frontios. That's what, sorry. I just thought of that just now. I was like, I swear he's in that. Yes, I liked that story. I don't know if anyone yeah, else does, but I liked it. He gets a, like a race memory in that, doesn't he? he gets, there's a scene of him just like remembering that they've attacked his planet, and goes yeah. full on. It's like terrified of them, like the Silurians sort of thing, mm. where they make people into just like gibbering wrecks. Is that the one where the planet eats you or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen that one for a while. No, me neither. I think I've seen it once, and I don't remember when. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, I, to be fair, I watched a lot of them. Even though I've got them on DVD, I watched a lot of them on Daily Motion because I was doing it on uh, when I was at work, which I shouldn't say because it's not necessarily legal, but there you go. Um, but, yeah, I think... Terminus, you've got Turlo triggering the whole plot, mm. and his entire role in that story is him and Tegan to get a bit of uh, grudging teamwork, I think. You've got mm. the Doctor trying to find Nyssa, and then those two just end up together. Because mm. you've got the scene at the beginning where he he's very suspicious, like obviously hiding that he's trying to dis- destroy the TARDIS. And having that whole conversation where they talk, he's like, can we be friends? 
can you accept that I'm I'm not doing anything wrong when she, he's obviously doing something wrong and she knows it. <laughs> and it's just like a really like they don't get on at all. But then the entire point of their relationship in that entire story is them just crawling through vents trying to not blow the, the ship up and then just sniping at each other. And then Nissa leaves and Tegan gets upset and Turlo disappears for the time being. It's just I the thing, for, for, for his introductory trilogy, he doesn't get an awful lot to do. Mm. That's the thing. But I think he's better in Enlightenment, purely because he gets a lot more to do and he's with uh, he's with different characters. He gets paired up quite nicely. That the only thing I remember about that story is Linda Barron being. Like I was about a to big, say if you don't say Linda Barron, feisty like. Isn't she like is she a pirate or something? Yeah. Like a spate like yeah, I remember that's literally the only thing I remember about that story. Yeah. I mean she's essentially like a space pirate, just not any of the space pirates. Yeah. You know. Um if she's she gets to um paired up with Tegan for a little bit and Turlo for a fair bit of I think for half of the the second half of the story, because he throws himself overboard. Because the Black Guardian is like just tormenting him and telling him that he's going to be trapped on this ship forever, so he just chucks himself <laughs> overboard nice a one. ship in space, mm. and it's floating very, very badly, you know, green screened floating in in space <laughs> while he doesn't exactly move very much. <laughs> and then he just gets paired up with Linda Brown and tries to convince her that he's evil too and does a very bad job of it. <laughs> Sounds about right for Turlo. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think, I think you get like a good because you've got all the t- telepathic like Eternals. Mm. You you get the scene of her saying what's in his head of that like, he's not actually evil. He's just very very greedy and he just wants power. I think that's what it is. Mm. But he's um, that I think that's his turning point at the end of Enlightenment where they offer him Enlightenment. And you've got the very trite, very obvious lesson of of him chucking the diamond at the Black Guardian who'd like, quote-unquote, like, killing him. And you've got the Doctor's line of, like, oh, Enlightenment wasn't the diamond, Enlightenment was the choice. Of, like, do you want the diamond and you have to kill the Doctor, or do you want no diamond and the Doctor can live? But I think it is, as much as it's, like, an obvious outcome, it does kind of show his morality. Mm. I think... Thing is, I think you've list- you've watched the ones that I haven't because I watched that and then King's Demons, which again he doesn't have an awful lot to do in the King's Demons. He just gets captured and complains yeah, a lot. Again, I've never, <laughs> again, I've never seen that, so I'm a bit it's... out of touch with the Davison era. Probably the the most weirdly. I don't know why. Like, there's it's not a dislike of Peter Davison at all. I just I don't know. It, it's just one of those things, really. At the moment, well, the thing. anyway. I think one of the first ones I ever watched was The Five Doctors, and I really like yeah, Peter Davison. Same. For me, it was that and Resurrection of the da- <laughs> Resurrection of the Daleks. Yeah. What a great choice for a child. <laughs> but the thing is, he's as much as I really do like him. He's what he's. I I don't dislike any of them, but he's the one I think I. Out of all of them, he, him and Sylvester McCoy are the ones I've seen the least of. But he's the one that I don't rush to go and watch. Or like when I'm doing big finishes, his big finishes are brilliant. Mm. But 
they're the ones I get least excited for, even though the moment I start listening to them, I'm, I'm invested and I really, really want to carry on listening. Mm, I, I think his big finishes I enjoyed, I enjoy particularly. I like, I liked, um, I don't know, is it just him and Nissa in spare parts, or have I made that up? I think it might be. Because I, I really enjoyed that dynamic. I really quite liked just five and nissa or like because the thing is often what particularly with davison and sometimes with others that because of the amount of companions he had sometimes you feel like one can get neglected in favor of the other perhaps so i quite enjoyed that in terms of turlo big finishes i've not listened to that many but i've listened to the entropy play which i know he's in but i i don't really remember him in it because I'm going in from the beginning, I've I've heard Phantasmagoria, mm. which is which is good, mm. but that was the first thing I'd ever listened to or watched with Turlo in. Mm. But he's he's good in that. Um, Lugaroo's a good one as well because that's him, essentially having a breakdown for a lot of it because he's being tormented with like visions of being a werewolf. But that's a, that's a good story. Mm. I've got the memory bank. But I haven't listened to it. But there's a Paul Mars story on there. Yes. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna yes. have to listen to that. I'm gonna have to interrupt I, I my Jago and Lightfoot listens to listen to <laughs> it. <laughs> I listened to it specifically for this, and I'll find out which one it is. Um... Of course it is. I'm not going to spoil it for you because you haven't listened to it, but it's it's the one out of the four that is very much definitely a Paul Mars yeah, one. Yeah, I, I love me some Paul Mars. He's just got one of those, like, signature things that he does that's usually pretty mad, and I like it. Yeah. With it... Definitely. It's, it's a good yeah, story. Although, yeah, I mean, generally he does. There's a few stories he's done that are a bit more interesting, that are, that are quite different. Did he write... I'm just downloading it now, actually. Did he do the Peterloo Massacre? Is that Paul Mars? Possibly. I'm, I'm not just downloading sure. it now, so I'll have a look. But I mean, that's going to be a dark one, already. That is an excellent story if you've never if you've never listened to it. We did it. I don't know if you were there, but we did do it for a listen a while ago. But I don't. I think I, I don't think I joined it because I didn't have it at that point. I bought it in a recent sale. Ah, I yeah. I that's the one. That's. Yeah, one I distinctly remember listening to and thinking was superb. But it's very it's very different. I, well, I, I thought it was anyway, but then again, maybe the stories I've listened to from Paul Mars have all been in that same line because there's things like Iris. and So yeah. that might be why in my head it's quite different, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Let me have a look. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did do the Peterloo Massacre, yeah. I think I bought all of the Iris stories in the last sale they did. Um, not, not. I don't know if it was the sale or whatever. They, they, did, they put them. Yeah, they put them on reduced price. So I bought, I think, all of them, or at the very least, the first few series. Mm. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to sit down and binge them all <laughs> because I haven't really heard any of them apart from the Santa one. Oh, they did. I've listened to that. I've done. Because we did a listen for that. Yes, I think. we did. I've listened to Wild Time Reloaded. I love that. It's great so good um and i don't think i've listened to any of the series two three or four but i do now have those yeah but not on download but i do have some of them on cd um i think she's in the world of big finish as well worlds yeah, of big finish which i've listened to part I think of that's the only thing i don't have i've got it if you want me to send it over 
That could be good. But I haven't. I've, I think I heard the first two and got very confused because I hadn't heard any of the Sherlock, Dorian Gray. I hadn't heard any of them on there at all. But I, I thought I would be alright because I kind of knew the idea of it. So I need to go and re-listen to it. Yeah. Ooh. But anyway, going back to yeah, going the back to point. going back to what whatever uh, it was we were saying. What were we saying? Um, <laughs> King's Demons, King's, Demon. King's Demons, because <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean that's a good story, but it's 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 a bit predictable. The ending's a little bit of an anticlimax, and Turlo doesn't do an awful lot. Having said that, I enjoyed it because it's that beautiful thing of classic Who of having Anthony Amy oh, in it, yes, in just enough makeup to change his expression once or twice. The thing is, I I knew it was him going in, but he's like he's got a ginger beard and a ginger wig on, and that's it. And he talks with a funny accent, <laughs> but the, he does that thing where, where actors in like older shows do, where they put on an accent and then they say something in a stressed tone of voice, and they drop the accent and just end up talking in their own accent for a little bit. <laughs> it's brilliant. It goes from a Frenchman to Anthony Ainley, and then back to a Frenchman great again. Fun. This does sound genuinely fun. Anthony Ainley is so underrated. I think he is in a way because obviously trying to re- take over from Roger Delgado is bloody hard. I think he is actually, yeah, because you've got Delgado, who everyone mm. thinks of as the master. Mm. You've got all the new mm. masters, who mm. everyone's more familiar with. Eric Roberts, just for the sheer camp oh. of it, gets remembered. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, I think Anthony Ainley is, even com- when compared to like Jeffrey Beavers, because mm. he's done a lot more on Big Finish, Anthony Ainley's the one who gets forgotten, even yeah. though. He, is he the one who played him for played the master for the longest? I think he may have done, because he met. Because he was. He met Peter Davison, didn't he? Well, it was Tom Baker. Oh, Tom, Baker. Tom Baker's last as well. Yeah, and yeah, Sylvester it was McCoy. Keeper Trarkin. And yeah. yeah, all of them up to yeah between between Baker so, and yeah, well, I love him in um, <laughs> the Five Doctors. <laughs> just, oh yeah. Was, like Kate. I mean, technically speaking, he met he met Pertwee as yeah, well. Yeah, I just he? love our kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's a bit not quite pantomime villain, but sometimes he's a bit kind of like. Slightly outrageous, well, he's like that and in, I love um, it. <laughs> I mean, I said this in one of my replies to Jake in replies to Married to Who the other day, and I regretted it because he hadn't seen it. So I won't spoil Trial of a Time Lord in, people, in case people don't know about it. Mm. But he's brilliant when he turns up in that, and he's just mm. like, you know, chewing on all of the yes. scenery. Soul Deed style, because that's what I call that from now on. Soul Deed style I mean, you're acting. Not wrong. <laughs> I mean, having said that, I've looked up and I've got my um, City of Jeff calendar. And the June picture is of a young war doctor and that, the Tremas master. I'll see if I can get there it to show some, you. And I, I can't remember what it is exactly, but there is some connection between Anthony Ainley and John Pertwee. But I can't remember what it is. I'm going to have to look that up. I, d- uh, I mean, I've, I don't I, know, I so like if you look it up, you can tell me. Like, he knew his father or something yeah i mean i'm not sure if you can see that very well on the camera but this oh, is wow. good for audio isn't it oh that oh that is needed that's what i kind of hope they do with the new and i know it's it's not john hurt but when, with hmm. the new war doctor sets which i pre-ordered cause of course i have i um i kind of hope they go into sort of even if they pair him with Derek Jacobi and do what they do with, with Paul McGann and just make him forget for whatever reason, I want to see the War Doctor up against a master, especially Derek Jacobi. Because mm. I think that would be great. Ah, I can't 
can't remember. I read it somewhere that there was some connection between them, but I can't remember what it was. So I'm gonna look. I mean, it'll come to you at some point. Oh, here we go. Probably right. after we finish I think recording. It says it on here somewhere, which means I have to read it. <laughs> oh yeah, hang on. Well, at least I mean this is on Wikipedia, so actually maybe not, but. God, that's a convoluted sentence. <laughs> I mean, it's Wikipedia, to be fair. So if his father, his father remarried his mother, father and father, I have no idea what any of this means because it's so convoluted. It's like, what? But there's some connection there somewhere. <laughs> It's kind of a uh, loose one. I mean, if people want to look it up, they can. I did see yeah. Anthony Ainley in something. i tell you what, I saw him in two things, and every time I'm just like, it's the master. <laughs> was, one was Doomwatch, <laughs> surprise, surprise, and the other one was... What's it called? Um, Elizabeth R. that was on BBC4 oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> a while ago with uh, Glenda Jackson, Robert Hardy, etc, etc. He was in that something, and I was just like, it's the master in disguise. But no, he's really great. I mean, it w- it hmm. would be the sort of thing he'd do. Yeah. That must as well, given like the King's Demons is him yeah. impersonating King John. A lot of people who are big Anthony Ainley fans, although my brother's a big Anthony Ainley fan, but he's also a big Colin Baker fan. So I think he just likes that era of the of the show. Um, but you find that a lot of people who have yeah. a real affection for Anthony Ainley are the ones who grew up in the 80s. So he's kind of their master. Sort of like... Tom Baker or John Perch or whoever is so-and-so's doctor. Because for my dad, his master is Roger Delgado. But if you never had that and you missed out on that point, I guess Anthony Ainley is your master. Yeah, that would make sense. of it. I mean, for me, because obviously I started, I, I watched a bit of Classic Who before Who Came Back, but I'm one of the people who appreciates John Sim's performance, mm-hmm. but not. I've just realised now we're talking about this. Which, if there's people like I know somebody who's going to be listening who doesn't, hasn't seen Who yet, I'm going to have to talk mm-hmm. around the big twists. But the newest one, I'm not going to name who it is because mm-hmm. I know they haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But if you've seen it, you know who I'm talking about. That's a very good portrayal in my eyes. John Sim's portrayal. I, I can appreciate yeah. it, but I think the later in the series he is, when he's not with the original one he was with, I'm, this is a convoluted way of talking, but I really yeah. don't want to spoil it because there's two big twists. Um, he's very good in that, but I think the the Warmaster is... That's a good one, I can say it without naming names. The Warmaster is probably my favourite, purely on the basis that it's that, that level of evil and malevolence yeah. in about See, ten I, seconds I of screen John time. I love John Sim in other things. But I'm just, I'm not a fan yeah. of his master. I'm just not. And that's just me. But I love John Sim in other things. The thing is, I I think his, God, I'm trying to say this without saying when it was, but he, the, the last time you saw his master, I think was the best version of it. Because it's very much more the to evil fair, and the feeling fair, like the classic masters. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. I think I think his his original portrayal was very much like not yeah. cartoonish, but more of that level of like 
let's make him a bit funny and then let's make him uh, a domestic abuser for no, for like the the master's a lot of things but i think like when the whole stuff about um oh what's his name out of the thin blue line oh james yeah. dreyfus came out the master's he's a, he's a lot of things he is essentially pure evil but he's never stooped as far as being like bigoted no because he's not or like you know he's not that like he'll use people for his own ends and he'll you know try and get in league with the baddies to do this that and the other but fundamentally i don't think he's that kind of villain in that respect personally i mean you've got the scene in um utopia where he says something that's a little bit like sexist but it's not outright misogynistic and it's i don't think I think if they ever showed the master being like, not that they could really make him a racist at the moment, but like racist or sexist, it'd be a bit out of touch with what his character actually is. Because I think in terms of of, you know, he's a time lord, and they and they're they're sort of of above above that. that, And they have their petty quarrels about bureaucracy and da 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 da, because they're the time lords. But I think, I think fundamentally, they're kind of above that that human interaction because. I don't know, sometimes I think people forget that the Doctor's not human. So he has these... Although apparently, according to Paul McGann, he's half-human, but uh, we're not going to mention that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that yeah, yeah. that depends but, on entirely what but, your I mean, point of view is. But anyway, the, the, point, the point being... <laughs> and I'm not going to insult Paul McGann, because I love Paul McGann. Um, the, the point being, yes. though, I think um, sometimes people kind of expect him to just behave in that human way but i think i think that's what the companion is there for to have those human traits that the doctor doesn't have because he's he's kind of above that and he's and i think because i'm sure there's a somewhere that william hartnell says about like getting some of his more human qualities from susan because she's picked those up when she's been i I swear that's a thing that he says I've read that too, but I'm not sure why. It's referenced in one of the stories, but I can't remember which. But yeah, I just I just think the Doctor's kind of above that kind of human behaviour, really. And I think the same probably goes for the Master because he's far too intellectual for the human race. I think that's the thing. I think yeah, it's they're they're just above being like that. So yeah, it's um. It's a bit cartoonish, I think, the Johnson portrayal. But I still, I still appreciate what they were going for. I think that's sort of the right level for the show at that point. But looking back, it's not the best. That's 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 the thing. Um, before I start on a like, we can both start on a Johnson man <laughs> at some other point. But let's maybe put it to one side for now. Um, the what only are you other about? I think we we we're still on the King's Demons because we were talking about the Master then, um, oh, yeah. and Amy. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen I didn't watch anything between the King's Demons and Planet of Fire. Ah. So like what I've done a between? few big finishes. I did uh Gardens of the Dead as well, which is I've got that but haven't listened to it. Uh, well, I, again, I won't spoil it for you, but it's um N- uh, Nissa, Tegan and Turlo and it's all mm. about like memories and visions and stuff like that. So you've got a whole mm. scene of Turlo essentially admitting that he is going to kill the Doctor, 
being mm. overheard and having to stop people from telling other people. It's like it's kind of slapstick, but kind of a far darker version. Mm. But I think what if, I'm trying to think what I've heard and where that fits in. Mm. I think that's the only one I've heard where it's not just the Doctor and Turlow. Because even in uh, Trap for Fools, which is excellent, it's essentially just Turlow being left by himself in a, like a public school in space, um, which works works quite nicely. And it's 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 an awful lot of what you'd imagine a public school story would involve. Yeah, fun- funnily enough, we were talking about public schools the other day because we were watching. Well, it must have been. Actually, it must be a couple of weeks ago now. That doesn't feel like it. We were watching... <laughs> uh, I think it was Tales of the Unexpected or Thriller or something. One anyway, of those. And there was a story in it with um, John Mills that was all about a public school. And it was based on Roald Dahl's experiences when he mm. was there. And the bullying and the hierarchies and all, all of that jazz. Yeah. Um, And it was just quite interesting thinking about that kind of environment because i mean you know either you know it seems to me like if you were you know the big boys you could bully the little ones and and there's all this like old school tough business but it doesn't I mean, seem yeah. very pleasant if you ask me and i don't think he no. enjoyed his time there either it does explain an awful lot about the certain type of people who get into power because of those but there you go that's all i'm gonna say about <laughs> that let's not even get into politics um i mean if you're listening to this you kind of know our views already because we've done that before um Hi. but yeah I, there's that one which is good trap for fools and then you have again i'm trying to talk about it i don't want to spoil it for you but memory bank is a good story like all four of them are a good story but there's i think i'm trying to remember that one he's not in that one that one no he's not in that one what was the there was four yeah so the first one the memory bank is more like turlow's story and you get to see him being both like very selfish and very selfless at the same time. I don't want to spoil it, but like mm. he does something nice but doesn't want to. And it's quite it's quite nice to see that he's still got that sort of selfish side to him. But instead of mm. being like when we were talking about Rose and the selfishness that developed there, mm. it is very much he is trying to do good things. He just doesn't like doing them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's um I don't, I'm trying to think of it. I've Phantasmagoria. Have you heard Phantasmagoria? No. I think it's the second ever big finish, like Doctor Who big finish. You it essentially opens with the Doctor trying to teach Turlo the all the rules and regulations of cricket, <laughs> and it's just brilliant. Like just him just so 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 exhausted of being like really. Like you've and there's like the whole wisdom almanac and stuff like that. It's very, it's very <laughs> that's funny. That's really like that's like um, uh, Professor Lightfoot telling Leela about tea. <laughs> where <laughs> she say where he says, we can't remember what he says something about sugar, and she goes, but what if I want two? And he goes, oh no, however many it is for a lady. And she's like, what? <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, it's, oh, it's brilliant. I, I love. It. I need to. Oh. I've only done the first two series of Jacob and Lightfoot. I really need to get back into oh, doing yeah, it. Oh yeah, I've listened to one, two. Have I finished three? I don't think I've. I'm not sure. Like from what you've been posting, I'm not sure you have. But then no, again, I'm not sure. I don't think anyway. I've finished three. I think I'm on. I think I've got the first six, 
and one of the two that they did with Colin Baker, like one of the two individual stories they did with Colin Baker. I've got those. But I, I, I need the to. other one. I've got one on download and one on CD. I need to buy the one that I've got on CD on download. Oh, here we go. No, I'm on. No, wait. No, I have finished three. Yeah, okay. I'm four then. Uh... One of these days, I'm just gonna like buy yes. the entire lot that I'm missing and just binge them all yes. because it's brilliant. Yes, I am on four point two. So far. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm debating whether to buy them all and do series thirteen then 14 and then the finale or do them in like release order because I know the finale again I'm not going to spoil it for you because but I've, from what I've read the finale skips ahead because obviously uh, was it um, whichever one I say it'll be the wrong one was it Trevor Baxter or is he still with us no he's the yeah unfortunately died yeah he passed away before yeah. they could do series 14 yeah so Instead of covering, instead of answering the cliffhanger, because it always ends on a cliffhanger, you know it's going to. Um, in series thirteen, they skip ahead to like the finale, and I think the the newest one, the series fourteen that they're going to bring out as audiobooks, covers that gap. Yeah, I need to order that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm debating doing it in like, do I skip? Do I do it as they were meant to be released, mm. or do I do it as chronologically? Because I'm not sure. Mm. Oh well, that's not the point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's a that's a very dark one, Phantasmagoria. Because I think this is it episode I've I've listened to it a while ago. But Turlo essentially like prevents a sexual assault in oh. like the first or second part. So they do go quite dark, but it's like you get to see him being more heroic, which is quite nice. Because he does he does get a few points which are very, if not selfish, mm. then like self interested. Um, but I haven't listened to two like Luke Guru's a good one, but that's more on the Doctor as opposed to Turlo, I think. Yeah. Although he gets a love interest in that, which is nice to have him like paired with someone who isn't the Doctor. Um, what what have you watched be- before his final story? Because you've done res- you've seen Resurrection. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah, I watched that quite recently, actually. Um. Um. Sort of. Yeah, only I think wander so. about and shoot things. I can't. I can't really remember. I mean, it's it's more. I think, generally, a dark story, and then Tegan takes up a lot of the ending. So it's not no. necessarily his story. But you know, it's a good story. But other than that, I think it's Planet of Fire, which is his final one. Um, where you get, I'm not going to spoil it for you because if you haven't seen it, but you get his, um, hmm. you get his whole Peter backstory. In it? I think he's got a moustache. Possibly, I think so. Like... Yes, uh, I th- I'm pretty certain it is. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing his name and going, "That's not who I was expecting to see." Let me have a look because I think I think you're right. I think he yeah, plays like a religious right, leader or something. Uh, okay. Mm. Yeah, he does. Yeah. That was it, yeah. Jason King. I knew I knew the name somewhere. <laughs> One of those things you can never make nowadays. Um, but yeah, no, that's, it's a good story, but you get a lot of Turlo's backstory because he goes from. They go from Lanzarote for a few. Yeah. For like an episode to the planet with a name I've now forgotten. 
forgotten, but it's not sure because you find out that the Osan, you find out that Turlo comes from a planet called Trion, and why he was like exiled. And then he they end up on Sarn, where there's been like Trion technology causing a religion and stuff. Um, and then the Master's in it because of course he is. But it's just, it's a really that's a good story because it makes sense. But I will say, you have to get used to Antonini being in it because the ending of each each cliffhanger is the Master doing something. And this is like okay. But it's a, it's a good story, and you get. But that's Turlo's. You get a brilliant scene between the Doctor and Turlo of Turlo not being mm. particularly forthcoming with any information, and then the Doctor just essentially the Fifth Doctor getting angry, which is a something. And it's like, like if you're giving, if you're not telling me anything, if you're if you've got anything that's important, and you're not telling me. I'm not. I'm like, I think he says something like, "Oh, our friendship's at an end," Ooh. but essentially meaning I'm gonna just kick you out of the TARDIS. Um. But it's it's quite nice to see that sort of like we are friends, even though we're essentially arguing and at each other's throats all the time. But you do get Turlo being incredibly heroic in that one, like saving Perry, and then he gets his own like mm. journey to go on to find stuff to figure things out. Um, and that there's their final scene of him deciding he doesn't want to leave, mm. but he wants to go home. Um, it's quite it's quite touching, even though like if you look at where he started, it's like I'm not like he's not friends with anyone. He wants to kill the Doctor if only to get home. And their final story is him not actually wanting to leave the Doctor, even though he's got the option of going home. It's quite it's quite a journey, and I I like that sort of um, arc that they go on. Hmm. I mean, I need to watch it, but when I have seen it, I will. Yeah, I mean, we could just do a little redux on them whenever you've done it. it. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's He is underrated, and I, li- mm. I just like that you get... You get a proper journey, mm. if not just somebody who wants... To, I think we did... Was it last time we talked about this or the time before, where you've got... A lot of the companions at the moment are... They want to actively travel, they want to go mm. with the Doctor, or even if they don't, they very quickly learn how to mm. enjoy it whereas for the first three or four stories he doesn't want to leave he doesn't want to travel he wants to escape mm. Mm. I mean it's just it's, it's interesting that they went for this kind of main character who's who's initially wants to kill the dog that and it's that's a very interesting route to take <laughs> I think and that, yeah. that could have either gone really well or hideously backfired Probably. Yeah, I think they. I think they do. Mm. The way they do it, instead of having, they could have gone very much like bloodthirsty, but it's he doesn't want to do it, but he thinks he has mm. to. And that's quite a nice relationship yes. for, for them to have, and like suspicion yep. and not having. You know, having discord in it mm. and not harmony. Mm. I think. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think they probably got that that mix just right where they made him likable because I think if I mean I take I'm going to take Sharp as an example here the, the TV character okay. Sharp um, in the books he's he's well much more dislikable in my mind and he's a lot more um, he's heroic but he's also a lot more 
sort of he can be a lot more nasty and i think on the in tv with sean bean they've toned that down a little bit and he's a lot more heroic and a lot more a, possibly a lot more of a commendable character to some degrees anyway um i but, mean I've, I've never seen yeah. it i really want to but and yeah i, think, I can imagine I why if they hadn't done that if you made him exactly like he was in the books it wouldn't have worked because he would have been this sort of not very pleasant character and for a main character that's not always what you want i mean sometimes you can have that depending but i think you do have to have that mix of them being somewhat likable otherwise it's kind of a bit like eh? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I just want to watch it purely for the novelty of having a Sean Bean character who doesn't get killed off in the first five minutes. You <laughs> yeah. know? It's he's very but swear and sharp. But oh, I can um, imagine. Yeah, it's a great series. If you like your historical programmes, it's a really good series. Yeah. And originally, actually, I'll tell you a little fact about that. Originally, Paul McGann was going to play Sharp, but then oh, okay. he... I think he injured his foot or his leg or something. And so right. they recast it to Sean Bean. But he does narrate a few of the audio books, I think, Paul McGann. So if you want to listen to Sharp with Paul McGann, you can do that. See, I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> Tell you what I did notice the other day, because somebody put on Twitter a photo of the McGann brothers. Oh, yeah. And I know that they all looked similar, but they look like from... I don't know, I can't remember what their names... But like I know there's Paul and Stephen, and that's all I because yeah, I know Doctor Who and Call the Midwife, and that's it. Who was in yeah. one of the Narnia serials? I can't remember which one. I think Prince Caspian. He was in the BBC. Well, anyway, not the point. And yeah, but they they look like not only do they look similar. If you look at one and they're all lined up, they look like they're progressively morphing into each other. The first <laughs> one and the last one are just like a like one of those photo books where they like change a little characteristic each time. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's really strange. Yeah. But there you go. Um, I think it's Mark, the one who was in Morse. He looks quite a lot like Paul, or Paul looks a lot like him. Like, you can definitely yeah. tell they're related, and they've got similar voices as well. Although Paul McGann's obviously really distinctive, but they do both look and sound a little bit similar. I kind of want to see Paul McGann turn up and call the midwife, just so you can see how similar they actually look. <laughs> but there you go. I wonder if they've all been in something together i don't suppose they I mean, have i mean there was there was the mcgann's yeah. but i don't know how many of them were in that was it no all of idea. them <laughs> i'm gonna have to Not look it up now clue. Um, <laughs> let's have a look uh i mean he was hornblower wasn't he he was no he wasn't hornblower but he was in hornblower Paul yes McGann. yes he was um I'm trying to find because there was. Um... Come on. Trying to find uh, if the McGann's turn. Um... Come on. Um... I mean, I found I found the picture, and it's it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Oh well, it always surprises me how old Paul McGann is. Yeah, I think he's a tiny. He doesn't old. look it. 
He must be. He's 61 and he looks about 40. Yeah, it's like, what? what is this sorcery, mate? <laughs> Thing is, well, I know that they play very different characters. Stephen McGann is three years younger and he looks a hell of a lot older in Call the Midwife than Paul McGann does in anything. <laughs> How's he? He's six. Oh, it doesn't. He's over sixty, yeah, and he looks like he's forty. He? It's ridiculous. Sixty-one, did you say? Sixty-one. Yeah. How's he sixty-one? Yeah. It's a wee bit younger Jesus. than my dad, then, Paul. Oh dear. <laughs> Thing is, I want him to come back in the sixtieth. I really want him to come could. back in the sixtieth. There is genuinely no reason why he can't. Because he looks the same. Out of all of them, he's the one who looks like the, the closest I mean, to what he looked like in the You want to do the like they did in the last episode of Zed Cars, and I only know about this because Nick told me, but they cast a load of the people who were in it, like they cast Brian Blessed, the guy who plays Jock, I can't remember his name, <clears> but anyway, him, and a few of the others in like bit part roles, but not as the characters they yeah. played before. I think they should do that in the 60s, so you can have like Colin, but as someone else, or... <laughs> Peter Davison just cast all the surviving doctors in little bit parts. Well, they did that in um, oh, what was it? Because there's Time Worm Revelation yeah. where you've got the scene of all of the previous doctors live on like in his yeah. head as like memories, yeah. or you could do it like they did in Zagreus where they you just you have them turn yeah. up but as different characters. Yeah. See, that would be really fun, and on... that would work really yeah, that'd well. That would be really fun, like just just a nice little kind of nod. Yeah. That would be really funny. I don't know. <laughs> that would be cool, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. But there you go. I'd love to have Tom Baker yeah. in it again. It's just like, I don't know. Have him as just some random... thing is, they're bringing him back for the new unit set, aren't they? Yeah. And I haven't heard him in Stranded, but I'm hoping there's some sort yeah. of like storyline that he gets. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'd, I'd love them all to come back, but there you go. Yes. But yeah, I... um. I'm trying to think what else there is to say with it. We keep saying he's underrated, and we've talked for almost an hour on him, but <laughs> like I think it's hard to... If you've seen it, if you've seen him in it, then it'll make sense. Mm. I'm just trying to think, like, what ones... Trying to get back to what we originally started doing in the first few. What stories would you recommend for Turlo? Not necessarily for good stories mm. that he's in, but for him as a character. Because I'd say you'd kind of have to watch... If not all of the um, Black Guardian trilogy, then the first and third parts, mm. and probably Planet of Fire. Yeah. But I don't know what, what would you say. Uh, I mean, it's tricky because I probably haven't seen a lot of his best stories. I don't think because I've seen the Five Doctors, Resurrection of the Daleks. Where does he end up in the Five Doctors? I've seen that so many times. I and think I can't he's remember. paired with. Susan oh, for a while yes. because there's the scene of them when the TARDIS being surrounded oh, by Cybermen yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, oh, what are we going to do and he just turns to the camera and just goes die oh yeah <laughs> that's it that's right because I'm just sitting there going just like Jesus so pessimistic what are we going to do we're just going to die oh alright <laughs> oh yeah of course it's yeah. brilliant it's brilliant <laughs> oh. but yeah no I'd definitely say um, definitely say watch a few of his stories or listen to his big finishes because mm. I think not that he's bad at all in TV Who but he's a, he's very very good in Big mm. Finish I think that's because I think he's had a few years to like yeah. hone the character I mean, that's probably true of a few people isn't it 
Oh, a lot of them, yeah. Well, he's not an actor anymore. Well, apart from no, he's a di- is he a director or he makes documentary filmmaker. He? Yeah, lives in New Zealand. I didn't know that. Actually, yeah. I met him at where was it? Warp, I think, a few years ago. Very nice. I really man. want to meet Very him. Very nice man. Thing is, I had I had a plan in my head to have, and this has definitely gone off point, to get my copy of Light at the End signed by all the oh, doctors. Yeah. I've got it done by everyone except Tom. But what I should have done when I got all of that done was, with all the companions that were at the con I was mm. at, get them to sign it that were in it, because then that would be brilliant, but I need to do that someone else. <laughs> I need to listen to it again, because I've only listened to it the once, and I can remember the very end of it, and that's all. And I can remember a scene with Tom Baker in it, but I can't remember a lot no, of it. No, I mean, I, I only bought it recently, which is probably a really bad criminal offence. Um, I bought it in that big box set, big limited edition boxes yeah. I bought that I bought The Last Adventure I think and I think the Captain Scarlet one because the savings were insane it was like oh, they were. 180 quid's worth of stuff for like 60 quid or something it was absolutely mad I mean I, I want to listen to The Last Adventure because I've got it but I, what I, my problem is with big finishes is when it's like that and it's a big event thing how much prior knowledge do you need because I have got no knowledge of like I've, I've, I've heard one constant story and what I don't want to do is listen to all of yeah. all 275 before I decide oh now I can listen to the special yeah. ones I don't think you need an awful lot of knowledge do you you don't need to go in and go in exactly knowing exactly who uh, everyone is I don't think so I mean because that's why I'm that's why I'm so behind on Paul McGann's box sets because I listened to the first mm. Dark Eyes I think the second one brings Liv back into mm. it but I hadn't heard her first story and I didn't listen for years because I thought oh, I'm not going to mm. know who she is and then it clicked that no, there's going to be a lot of people who don't yeah. know that. They're going to reintroduce her in a I way mean, that I, makes sense. So I've listened to Constance in a couple, I think, because she's in Static, isn't she? And I've listened. That is, that is yeah, so that story. Listen to it; it's really good. Anyway, oh. I haven't, I haven't got. I think I've got it, but I haven't heard it. Graham, I love David Graham. Anyway, not the point. <laughs> um, what's the point? Oh yeah, um, I've listened to her Constance in that and. I, I don't know, I didn't really struggle because I think it, it, she, there were bits referenced to her in it so you learn little bits and I, I just kind of got what I wanted to and then... Yeah. I think the only one I've heard with her in is, is um, End of the Beginning. I haven't listened to that yet either. Uh... Oh, End of the... Be- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because Turlough's good in that as well because that's just him and, and the Fifth Doctor. But again, it's, it's mainly a the, about the doctors that entire set mm. i think but it's, it's still a good mm. story um but yeah i'm just trying to think whether there's anything much more to say on him other than check like definitely mm. watch his stories because he's he's criminally yeah, underrated he's, he's one of those companions who i don't see much hate for per se but people either say i haven't no. seen him i haven't seen enough of him or people seem to really like him yeah, I say if, if you're definitely if you're of, of the former mm. camp, then just watch some more of his mm. stories because he's excellent. Yeah. And if you ever want to meet Mark Strickson, he's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of I, I don't think I've heard anything bad about anyone really who works with who like that. When you go to a convention, you go oh they were they were horrific to me. They didn't talk no. to me at all. I mean, I had a bad. I think I've talked about it before, but I've had a bad experience with Colin Baker. But that wasn't his fault. That was because the person in front of me in the queue decided to say. Instead of saying, I really like your doctor, said, I know your doctor isn't very well liked, but I like you. I mean, that's not Why? the way to say Why it. Why do people 
people do that? And it put him in. It obviously put him in a bad mood. I was like, well, I had a full thing about he was the first one that I watched. But I was like, well, I'm not. It's going to seem like I'm just that like sucking up to him now. That is the height of bad oh. manners. Did you see the BBC America tweet for Colin Baker's birthday? No. <laughs> Where they put, oh, it's like, happy birthday to Colin Baker. I don't know. Uh, he played the sixth doctor and he was some people's favourite. Oh, <laughs> like, really? <laughs> okay. Like the amount of love Colin gives to the bloody fandom. You think <sighs> that they could at least, yeah. like, just, you know, not do that? Like, he, he's such a supporter of the like, fandom. Put, like, he put a really good doctor or put like you know something and some people seem to like him you know that was what that was the gist of what they put oh god uh i don't know oh well i mean next time getting into our next time bit we are going to be talking about the sixth doctor's companion so we can give him a lot more love which is good but what we didn't um i think what we didn't say too much about is um Planet of Fire isn't just Turlo's last story, it's Perry's first yes. story. And you get her introduction, and then she's in Caves of Androzani, mm. and then she's with Colin Baker. Now, that's where we're going to go next, is we're going to go from Turlo's last story into Perry's first story, and we're going to talk about Perry next mm. time. Now, brief disclaimer at the beginning... I expect we'll talk about the fact that she was one of the characters who is very heavily sexualized. Mm. Not in a good way. Not that there is a good way for that to happen, but very much not in a good way. But I think Nicola Bryant manages to get out of that a lot by just her sheer performance. Um, and I'll talk about it more next time, but she was the first proper companion I ever watched. So I'm excited for that because I think, again, she's remembered for certain things and she should be remembered for her actual mm. character arc so it's that's where we're going next I don't think unless you've got anything with that's Mark Strickson or Turlo related I think we'll put the quiz on hiatus again yeah. for a little bit because I haven't got anything um, but I've got a feeling I might be able to Ooh. find something for Perry for next time because I found this yes. when I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast and I can't remember which one. On eBay somewhere there is a Turlo novel. Yes, yeah, uh, Earthling Which I found or something like because that. Because I was bored. looking for something else. But if anyone ever wants to check that out, I don't know what it's like. I've never read it, but I might at some point get a copy and read it. But if anyone if anyone's read yeah, no, it definitely. or knows what it's like and wants to tell us if it's any good or not, please do. <laughs> Because I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah, no, let us know, please. Because what was it? It was that. There's that one. There's uh, Harry Sullivan's War. But I'm biased. And is there another one? Is there? Am I? Which one? That's the one. That's the one. Oh, Christ. Terence Dudley, I think, actually. I had in my head it was Bessie, but that's the new like BBC audio that's coming out that's all about Bessie. That looks really good. Because there's one about Bessie yes. and one about Ian and Barbara, I'm isn't there? I'm very excited. Yay. I need to order them, to be honest. I do need to order them. Yeah. Um, but yes, so next time we're going to be talking about Perry, so please do let us know what you think about her. Because I think people are going to mm. have a fair few thoughts on Perry, given she's got a very good arc. I'm also aware that it's very confusing 
because in certain she's got several different endings depending on what sh- episode slash big finish slash novel this is true slash extended universe media you've gone to I think she dies about four different she's like eight they die about 18 different times in 18 different doing forms a Rory of media. before Rory is that it <laughs> sorry exactly Rory. I'm sorry I mean going back to what you said earlier about um, Paul McGann being half human in the show that's forgotten and made into a joke in the audios that's forgotten and made into a joke in the novels they very 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 much lean into no. yes that's the truth <laughs> so it's done it's done well but yeah you have to you have to remember when you're reading them that that was done in the wilderness <laughs> years and no one knew anything about it. But in, I think it's Sagrius, they decide to incorporate that and say it's just like mm. another parallel universe that could have, a parallel timeline that could have happened. It's quite nice how they've done that. But yeah, going back to the point, um, mm. watch Turlow stories if you have them. Um, listen to his big finishes. I will advertise them again, given I did earlier. Neither the Time nor the Space pod are excellent. Mm. Please give them a listen if you haven't. Also, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to our Martha episode. And please, please, please do go and listen to Married to Who. They've just, as far as I know, just recorded their reaction to... uh, Can Ah. you hear me? I think. No. No, Haunting of Villa Diodati. So given they're doing all of New Who, they've got three episodes left and that's it. So that's going to be good. Um, But yeah, other than that, thanks for listening. And yeah, join us next time where we'll be talking about Perry, her journey, and a lot more love for Colin Baker, I do imagine. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.